our second to last championships that begin in our school year are our baseball championships. And we've talked on other spring sport wrap-up podcasts about the density of the spring championship season from a calendar aspect. And baseball is anything but dense as far as the calendar. It is six straight days. We start on Monday, Memorial Day, and we go six straight days. We run six classes. And so we're going to recap that today. Joining me today is Doug Fessler, Assistant Executive Director for the Sport of Baseball, Jason West, our Communications Director, and Jennifer Bethman, our Coordinator for Digital Media. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the recap of baseball. So, as I said, we were at Sky Bacon Stadium in Ozark. Doug, talk <laughs> about Sky Bacon. Well, Sky Bacon is actually the headquarters uh, of Sky Bacon is in Columbia here. And I'd love to say, what do you all think it is? But it's not what you think it is, at least not what I thought it was. I thought we were going to get a bunch of uh, pulled pork, you know, Sky Bacon Stadium. No, it's a, a fireworks distributorship here based out of Columbia. So they have bought the naming rights to the stadium, and which was formerly U.S. Ballpark, now Sky Bacon Stadium. So that's what that's where we're at till uh, 2026. We're going to talk a little bit more about that venue here in the future. But we had six classes of baseball. Jason, can you talk to us about the results of the 2023 baseball championships? Sure. In class one, we had St. Elizabeth winning over South Nottoway, Jefferson Conception Junction Co-op. St. Elizabeth won 13-3 there. Cooter defeated Community 7-0 in the third place game for class one. In class two... We had Ash Grove defeating Salisbury in the championship game 13-3, and Chaffee defeating Maysville 1-0 in the third-place game. In Class 3, we had Licking defeating South Callaway 3-1 in the championship game, and Portageville defeating Barstow in 12 innings 3-2 in the third-place game. In Class 4, we had John Burroughs winning over Springfield Catholic 9-4. In the third-place game, Excelsior Springs defeated Fulton 6-5. So, pretty tight contest. In Class 5, we had Festus defeating St. Francis Borgia 8-1. And in the third-place game, Fort Zumwalt South beat Webb City 4-3 in 11 innings. And in Class 6... To finish things off, we had Liberty North defeating Francis Howell 9-3 and Jackson defeating Nixa in the third-place game 2-1. You may or may not have heard our girls' soccer wrap-up. We referenced this in the girls' soccer wrap-up, but girls' soccer is Friday and Saturday of that same week, and the baseball championships and the girls' soccer championships are going to end just about the same time, one in Ozark and one in Fenton, the greater St. Louis area. And Liberty North won the Class 6 Baseball Championship and just minutes later have an overtime win in the Class 4 Girls Soccer Championship. So that school won two team championships within minutes in two different areas. Saturday night, June 3rd, was a big night for Liberty North. Definitely. So we run the baseball championships on one field, and we do it with four games a day from Monday through Saturday. And... 
at the same time, you know, as we said, Friday, Saturday, we've got girls soccer championships. We set up on that Sunday. We're coming out of the track and field championships for the Friday and Saturday, coming out of boys tennis championships Friday and Saturday. So it's a quick turnaround. Jennifer, we talked a lot about social media and how do we cover all these events at once. Once baseball gets started, it's a little relaxed while it's happening a little yes i'm not the one with the camera so it's easy for me to say that but you know with one game at a time and one field to cover how does that change our approach when we know just a few days later we've got two fields going and in soccer plus what's going on with baseball how do we approach that so like you said with baseball it is a totally different feel it is a slower approach one game at a time is a lot easier to cover than four games at a time or three games at a time, depending on the event. But we are taking some of that time at baseball to prepare for girls soccer. We're still learning qualifiers. We're still getting the content for the video board prepared. We're still trying to put together those final little touches for the things that we'll put out on social media as far as results and graphics and information about the event coming up. So we kind of get prepared for the next one while we're at baseball and use that slower pace to give ourselves a little bit of time to get ready. From a resource aspect, when you've got just one field to cover and two teams to cover, where you came out of track and field where it's all hands on deck, we've got to shoot you know, several different events at the same time, you can bring that same team that just covered boys tennis and track and field all at once, bring them to baseball, send one or two cameras out, and the rest of you are doing that prep work you're talking about. Yep, yep, exactly. And that also allowed me to spend a little bit more time with some of the sponsors that we have at the event. We had the National Guard as a sponsor at baseball, and so they were there providing bottled water, which was great because it was hot. So they were handing out bottled water and T-shirts, and you know they were making kids do challenges for a shirt or a backpack. Doug, we had a record total attendance this year in tw- in Thank the uh, baseball championships. Oh. <laughs> now, per class, the average per class, this was not the highest because in uh, 12, 13, 2012 and 13, we went from four classes to five classes. And then in 2021, we went to six classes. So the gross attendance this year, uh, 11,669 was the highest ever. However, our highest ever per class was back in 2004, 2005 when the championships were in Columbia. Now, we get record crowds partially because of who comes, right? You can't compare apples to oranges, which it would be, you know, year to year. But we had four local schools in this year's championships with Ashgrove, Nixa, Webb City, and Springfield Catholic, who are all within a stone's throw of Sky Basin Stadium, and all brought really great crowds. They did. You hit it on the head. I mean, the, the crowd that were there grew exponentially when those four teams were there. Great atmospheres. The semifinal days were, were amazing. And it depends. It depends on who's in your championships, who's in your third place. You know, to, to have that many fans there, the weather was really good, too, as far as rain, things like that, staying away. Uh, we did have two small delays uh, for lightning in the area, but we had rain one day out of six. And when you talk about the end of May, 1st of June, one actual rain for 15 minutes, it's really, truly amazing. So... I'll wish my colleague next year that's in charge of it, Daryl, good luck with that. You know, having all the rain stay away. But that does help with the crowds. And, and like I said, it was, a, it was a great experience, for especially with the kids. And that's what it's about. A 15-minute rainstorm back in the day could sink you for the rest of the day. 
but Sky Bacon Stadium has turf. And so if we are, if we're not under severe weather or, or lightning, we can continue to play. We will not play in a downpour because it's just not optimal conditions or even, you know, close. But again, a downpour can happen. We can delay, get that passed, and, and move on. And as I said, we're going to talk about the venue a little bit more. A fun fact, Sky Bacon Stadium is the only Michigan Championship venue where there is no rental cost at all for us to use it. We don't pay rent, and we also don't pay for the staff that they pay to be there, which is really, it's a huge cost savings for the association and our member schools. And you would think if that's the deal, that your service might be a little less because you're not paying for it. And it's just the opposite. We have tremendous hospitality while we're there to, for our staff and, and our officials. The management, Jeff Hunter, just tremendous help. Anytime you need anything, they are, they're a class act. And, and I was there just a, you know about half the time. Doug, you could maybe talk a little bit more about the facility and the staff there. Yeah, I'd love to because they do a great job. Jeff and his entire crew, they're there all week just like we are. Every single game, and you're right, they're there to bend over backwards for us to get us whatever we need. And for the kids and the experience, they have an indoor hitting facility called the Mariucci Building. Mariucci is, in the baseball world, a huge sponsor for equipment. And they have a building that's right next to the field that has 12 indoor batting cages. And so... Each team, when they participate, they get to take up two of them, so a total of four cages for 30 minutes each and can warm up, do whatever they want really in there. And then they actually still run their business out of there. They have a, people are in there hitting all the time, and, and they have a merchandise and merchandise tent and different things. So it's a baseball enthusiast, as most everybody is that comes down there, loves it. And that's a huge win for the state of Missouri, Misha, and, and uh, everyone involved when you mentioned the rain delay, you know, one of the rain delays we were watching was a storm that we thought may or may not hit. And you get in that time of year, they're pop-ups. And so this one, luckily we were right. It was coming and, and kind of blowing up from, it was kind of odd. It was coming from the east, coming kind of backwards, as you'd think, and, and picked it up. And it finally made the call, you know, like, let's go ahead and delay this thing. And we were in the middle of a game. But the good thing about the Mariucci is the teams get to go indoor to the Mariucci. They don't have to sit in the dugouts and, and maybe get wet, maybe not. They got them to Mariucci. All the fans went back to their vehicles. I thought we were going to have one fan stay strong in the in the seats, but he finally decided to get, get up and leave. But it was a good rainstorm, like you mentioned, for about 15 minutes. And by the time we started the game again, the field was darn near dry. That's how, how good it drains. And, and that helps, you know, not only with player safety, but with baseballs too. You know, you think about how many baseballs you go through. We were prepared for it, just didn't have to use them all. So that facility is key. They did some improvements to the field. As far as infield around the bags, redid all the turf and seamed them back up. And so everything's nice and solid and tight. They redid the pitching mound, so to speak. They, they did some improvements to that, but they said that was one of the things, for, an improvement for the future that they're, they're going to probably replace the whole thing. You don't see too many pitching mounds that's totally turf. Usually that's the one thing that's dirt, which creates its own positives and negatives. You know, when you have a dirt, it ends up being a hole there no matter what, where the pitcher's feet come down. Here there's not. So a lot of pitchers aren't used to it, but, you know, it, it seemed to work out just fine for most all the teams. So, you know, the improvements of, of the field itself, the aesthetics of the field, they, they've kind of opened it up, cleaned up some areas. 
this will be our third total year there. It was really great. The, the improvements you can see, like I said, Jeff and his crew go out there between each game and, and kind of redo up the, the turf where it needs to be. And for the players and coaches, you know, it's a, it's a great experience. For the fans, I truly believe it's, it's good for them too. But, you know, they, they bring in some food trucks, which are great food. They have a beautiful brand-new video board as of last year. We were, matter of fact, we were the first ones to use it last year, and we didn't get really get to use it to our advantage. They didn't know how to work it. It just got finished, and, and we didn't really know. So this year we got to take full advantage of that, which was nice to have to show pictures and sponsors and, and kind of everything. So hats off to everyone. Yeah, it was a, a good championship. Jason, you have any statistically, do you have any tidbits? We've got a few notes coming out of baseball. Won't share all of them just yet, but you know, looking back, you know, starting with class one, St. Elizabeth winning their fifth title. They're becoming a, a baseball town, I believe, in the basketball wrap up. We talked about the success that they've had on the boys side of things. Well, that's also carried over to the baseball season. They've made it to the final four eleven times, won their fifth time. Cooter also making it. They faced off with each other in the semifinal this year. Cooter's been there five times as well. Three of those times they've had to play St. Elizabeth. So they're kind of looking over their shoulder (laughs) to see who's on the other side of that bracket. And they didn't have to play them the year Cooter won their championship. So that is a good note. But in Class 2, the biggest headline was Ash Grove finishing the season undefeated. That was their first trip since 1992. To the baseball championships and they're obviously their first title as well their boys golf team did have three straight back in the early 2000s so the baseball team now has that streak to extend on that but uh, they were they were pretty dominant in winning their uh, two games at the championships they had 24 runs in two games and only allowed six hits so they pretty much had control over that and then in, in Class 3, one of the bigger headlines there, of course, licking, winning the, the title. That was their first since 1989. But probably one of the bigger individual stories coming out of there was the young man that was on the pitching mound for licking, Keller Davis. He had eight strikeouts in the title game. But last summer, playing in a, a summer event there, he was actually hit by a baseball and probably wasn't real sure if he'd ever be able to to get on the mound again. And this was his first time back. It happened at Sky Bacon Field and on that same field. And this was his first time to actually be on the field for that. And, and he ends up winning a, a state championship for his school. Class four, we had John Burroughs making their eighth trip and, the, and winning their fourth title. Big news there. Harrison Brenningham, who was the starting pitcher and was the winning pitcher in the championship game, had 13 strikeouts. He averaged 1.6 strikeouts per inning pitched <laughs> this year. So yeah. probably a pretty good good one there. We had uh, some very exciting games in Class 4, too, with Springfield Catholic winning in a walk-off in their semifinal, then Excelsior Springs winning in a walk-off in the third-place game. And then in Class 5, with Festus winning, that was their second time in a row to, to come back to the championships. They finished second last year. They uh, kind of exploded. They only scored two runs in the semifinal, kind of scratched across two runs in one inning to hold on there. But then they exploded for 16 hits in the championship game. So almost an overnight turnaround there with Brady Nolan leading the way in the championship game, going four for four with three RBIs, plus 
not only offensively but defensively he had a, a put out and an assist from center field to help him win so mm-hmm. that doesn't happen too often and then in class six probably the the biggest story coming out was liberty north you know we talked about them winning back-to-back titles winning the two titles i believe it was two and a half minutes we, we were actually timing it in the press <laughs> box so they, they won two championships in two and a half minutes but the the baseball team had a drive and had extra motivation. They had lost a, an assistant coach, Rob James, earlier in the month, had lost his battle with cancer. But his big motivation was RFB, ready for battle. And so mm-hmm. the, the team had shirts that they wore during uh, warm-ups and during the game and, and so forth to, to help give them that extra motivation and kind of put them over the top there. Yeah. There were some some really good storylines this year, well, every year, among the teams with baseball. Doug, do you have something to add? Yeah, there's a couple things that I was going to kind of add to the whole thing. With, you know, Class 1, St. E and South Nottaway both were there last year, so I kind of like to acknowledge the ones that get to their back-to-back years, not alone St. E winning back-to-back titles. In Class 2, there's that Salisbury team again. They were there again, just like they were in basketball, just like they were in golf. They were trying to go for a three-peat title-wise. They fell just short, but what a year for Salisbury. And that was the first time they made it to, to baseball in 35 years. So congrats to them. And then Maysville making their first appearance ever at baseball. And I believe they hadn't had a program for very long. So Class 3 Portageville, I want to mention them because they made it back Last year, they were a Class 2 team, got second. They moved up to Class 3, ended up getting third. So that's, that's a good accomplishment for them. Kind of the same with Springfield Catholic. They were there last year as a Class 3 team. They got second Class 3, and they bumped up second Class 4 this year. So kind of neat story. And then jumping down to Class 6, there was a lot of storylines. You know, Francis Howe making their 13th appearance. Seems like I see Coach Francis there every year, you know, and great guy to have coach that program. Jackson making their first appearance ever. I mean, kind of think of Jackson. Oh, they've probably been there a lot. Not on baseball, first time ever. And then Nixa getting back there for the first time in 50 years. So nearly 50 years. 1974 was the last time they were there. So when you look back in the in the historical, there was two classes in 1974. By the way, so. Kind of cool. Baseball's grown. Yep, yep. I'd say that Nixa was farther from Ozark in 1974 than it is today, too. <laughs> yeah, I would 100, 100% agree with that. For those of you who don't know the geography of Southwest Missouri, <laughs> Nixa and Ozark are right next to each other. It was not a long drive for yeah. Nixa to come over to the championships. And I think Ozark would have been closer, their high school closer, but not a ton. But yes, that area of the state has grown in the last 20 years. Any other thoughts for the baseball championships from anyone? You mentioned the hospitality and, and the food that was provided by the Sky Bacon Stadium. Lambert's was one of those providers that they had coordinated food for. So we got to partake in our own Lambert's. Very we didn't good. even have to go there and wait in line. And then we also had Domino's catered quite a bit for us. So we do want to thank those yeah. two food providers for, for and, feeding everybody. And I'll say that was the food provided to us. But another perk of Sky Bacon Stadium, and we have some other venues that have great concessions but sky bacon stadium has great concessions it was baseball it was like like up a notch baseball uh, standard baseball concessions not not major league but 2.0 yeah yeah exactly okay well thanks to each of you for wrapping up the baseball championships with us you've been listening to michelle all access podcast 
This is Dr. Jennifer Ruckstad, the Executive Director of the Missouri State High School Activities Association. Thank you for listening to the Misha All Access podcast and having an interest in Missouri high school activities and athletics. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Misha All Access podcast or any of the episodes in this podcast, please consider subscribing or liking with your favorite podcast provider. It helps other people find us, and we really appreciate you listening and supporting the Missouri State High School Activities Association.